You are listening to the Hello Sport Podcast. Punters, dribblers, welcome back to the Hello Sport Podcast. Special edition potty alert. Special edition potty. We are here in studio previewing what was a couple of really nice chats. We sat down with Gallon. We sat down with Garside ahead of the pay-per-view Wednesday, May 11th. On main event via KO, you get the main event through KO. May 11th, Gallant fighting for the Australasian heavyweight title, the Australian heavyweight title. Garside is fighting to defend his lightweight title. Two great yarns, but the Biffs will be better. We're going to be at the Biffs. Biffs will be better. The potty's great, but the Biffs will be better than the potty. It's a no-limit card, no-limit, do it right. We love our friends at No Limit. We love our friends at K and we love our friends at Main Event. It's as simple as that. But we've also met a couple of new mates, Tom. Like Gallon, you already sort of knew. I was mates with Gallon already. Sorry about it. But, uh, you know, me and Gallon now really tight. Yeah. Really tight. Yeah. Told him how much we love the state. He was very reciprocal. He said he'd rather have played for Manly than the Sharks. That's hot off the press. He literally says that. He might and have not said it on camera, but he did say it. He did us. say it. And then Harry Garside, who... He's a new friend to both of us. Well, you know, do I have a crush on him? Sure. I do. Yeah. I do have a crush on Garside. Got a, a crush. Really cool dude. Very interesting. He's one of the most interesting people we've spoken to. And he can fucking fight his he dick off. He can fight his dick off. He's interesting, and he can fight his dick off now. Interesting fact, and we only found this out recently as well. If you want to buy the main event through KO, you actually don't even need to have a KO subscription. So if you're one of those dumb fucks out there, and sadly the world is filled with dumb fucks and there are some dumb fucks out there that don't have KO, you can still buy the main event through KO in front of the paywall. Through the power of technology. Yep. Giving choice to the punter and the dribbler. There is no better way to spend a Wednesday night... Pour yourself a stiff tequila Mm. and cheers to the fact that hump day is over. There's two days to go and you've got glorious fights ahead of you. So do what's right by the main event via KO, 7pm, May 11th. Now, onto the yarns, onto the dribble. Welcome back to Hello Sport Podcast, the home of unqualified opinion and unwavering bias. Joining us ahead of his heavyweight Australasian Australasian heavyweight title fight, forgive me, against Chris Terzevsky next Wednesday, May 11th. We've got the great Paul Gallen. Gal, how are you? I'm good, boy. It's good to know you're unqualified at talking about sports. <laughs> I can't go wrong here, surely. No, absolutely not. Um, look, off the top, just want to... We, look, we're obviously fight fans, but we're rugby league fans as well and proud New South Welshmen, and we feel like when we're having a yarn to you before we get into anything, just to thank you for services to the state. <laughs> thank you. You've done a lot for the state. I've done a lot. It was a tough time, though. It was a tough time. No, yeah, it was tough. You, it was I tough. I went through the uh, Queensland era of dominance and, look, they got on period without a doubt. It was tough, but... Uh, You're probably, like, the only person that came out of that era, like, with their reputation intact. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, yeah. It was, uh, it was tough. That's, yeah. And now that I'm retired, I can admit it, that team they had were just... Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, at you'll least never see, you'll never see another team like I don't care what they say, what the Queenslanders want to say, what anyone wants to say. That was a once-in-a-lifetime Yeah. Now, we're diehard Manly fans. We've got to ask you. That, that was next. No, that was no. next. I was better happy. Did you almost did you almost sign with them? Is that, yes, was that true? Did, right? I'll tell you how close I was. I actually went over there to look for a house to live in. Oh, that's how close I was. That, what happened? Ricky, I went back to Ricky Stewart and said, mate, I'm going. And he goes, oh, yeah. You want to play rep footy? 
I said, yeah. He goes, well, you won't be playing rep footy. I said, what do you mean? He goes, I'm the Australian coach. Then I'm going to pick you. That was pretty much it. That was pretty much how it went down. That's what he said to me. That's what he said to me with my manager there and Shane Fleming. And that's what he said to me. And I believed it. Stupidly, I should have known, Bob Fulton picks the team. He was that manly. He was on to try to get me to manly. Oh. So I probably would have been right anyway. But, uh, hey. but anyway, I believe Sticky and uh, I, stayed, I stayed there and... I, could have, I would have gone there in uh, the end of 2007. He's won the comp in 08. I then had the next opportunity to go there in 2010 when Ricky Stewart got sacked. So I had a coach clause in my contract. And, uh, and then you would have won the comp. They won the comp. So you imagine how I'm feeling when, <laughs> when I'm about 2013 or 14 when the new, you know, what hit the fan and I'm going, oh, well, thanks, thanks to the club. Yeah. And I could have won two premierships and everything would have been sweet. But thankfully we got there in 2016, which makes it, all, All good, yeah. yeah. Jesus Christ, All you missed out on that, mate. Not, mate. Trust me, if I had went through my whole career not winning a premiership, it just, it just makes you feel complete as a footy player. To yeah. Be and not, going through one, not winning one, is it would be hard. It would be pretty sad. What you like? What you've done since retiring, and obviously it started a little bit towards the end of the career, but like you've almost had a fully successful boxing career after this incredible NRL career. Is that? Did you envisage it at any point getting to the level it's been? Like all of these main event fights, this is your second title fight. Did you? Was this like in your vision when you started getting into this? No, nah, not at all. I've got to say, not at all. I um, started boxing to make a little bit of extra money in the off season because the off season. I'll tell you what. I've got to say, boxing really helped me prolong my career because it gave me something else to concentrate on in the off season. But you hear rugby league players, all they complain about about rugby league is the off season. They all hate the off season. So I thought I wanted to do something different, especially towards the back end of my career. So I started boxing and then I realised there's a bit of money in it. So I, got, I started making a few extra bucks in the off-season. That's what it was all about. And then when I realised I was going OK, um, you know, and then I had certain people try to sign me up to fight with them and uh, I thought, well, this, this could go somewhere here. And then uh, met the Rose Boys and they started No Limit. And I think I was on their first one of their first fight cards in Sydney which went, went really, really good. And then um, I think we had the next five cars with Tim Zhu on the undercard, and I think I fought uh, Hopawade, and it just exploded, went awesome. Then I fought uh, Junior Paulo, and the, the numbers on that were huge. And it just sort of went from there, and, uh, you know, just kept escalating from there. And I've said from day one, I'm, I'm here to make a dollar, I'm not here for titles. But it turns out that uh, I'm, I'm lucky enough I'll, I'll be fighting for both next Wednesday. Well, mate, it'd be nice if you got one. Nice to have a, an Australasian title hanging in the in the bar room, mate. Yeah, it will be an, an Australian title too. And look, a lot of things have got to come together for these titles to be to fight for these titles. I mean, we're lucky enough. Uh, Joe Goodall and Justice Winning are, are fighting for a regional belt in about a month's time, so they had to or Justice had to relinquish the Australian title. Um, so it just sort of fell into places because it's very hard to make boxing, to even make the fight happen, to be honest. There's so many egos involved. There's so many people involved. There's money involved. So to make the actual fight come together is pretty hard. But then to be able to fight for a title is even harder. And it just so happened that it all sort of fell into place. He, Chris won the Australasian title about two months ago. So that's why he had that. Uh, and then Justice, as I said, relinquished the Australian title. So now we get to fight uh, for both those titles. So looking forward to it. And right at the back end of my career to be able to win them and have them in the bar at home, yeah. uh, we we pretty cool. <laughs> so who is, for those of you that, like, you know, Chris obviously not a household name necessarily, like, what is maybe something, like, what's his biggest strength? What's the thing that, you know, if people are watching the fight uh, May 11th, next Wednesday, uh, main event, Pacquiao, pay-per-view, uh, like, what's the, what's the his biggest element that yeah, he's bringing he, you got to be aware his, of? His boxing ability, his, his head movement and his, his footwork, he, he, he moves a hell of a lot. He, he's, does, he's not a still target ever. Uh, he's a southpaw, which is um, 
Always makes for an interesting fight, a Southpaw versus an Orthodox fighter, because they are awkward Southpaws. They are, they are very different. And he's a very good boxer. He's very, very fast. He's younger than me. Um, he's very skillful, but I think deep down he's soft. I think I've, I've seen him quit before. I watched him in a, in a particular fight. I know the fighter that he fought, and I, he quit that night. There's no doubt he quit that night. He said he's trying to throw in the towel, but it doesn't matter if you're trying to throw in the towel. At the end of the day, it reflects on you as a person and you as a fighter or you as an athlete. And he quit that night. Um, I saw it, and I've got no doubt that I can make him quit again. Do you reckon that's your biggest strength, like your toughness? Like yeah, you, it is. You, you didn't give an inch in Origin, and then when you come in and you're fighting even like Justice, like yep. that was a that was a pretty was brutal, brutal night. Brutal, but you brutal didn't. For myself, yeah, but yeah, nice but you hung around, you know. Yeah, I hung in. It wasn't nice to rewatch <laughs> it, and and that's that's what he's hoping this fight. He's he said uh, I've, I've done an interview with him, and he's hoping that at 40 years of age, I'm not going to want to be hit the amount of times he's going to hit me. That's what he's hoping. Now, he's, he's trying to say he's going to hit me as many times as Justice hit me. Now, he has that speed, he has that accuracy, he has that skill. But I don't think he's going to be able to hit me, hit me as many times as Justice did. Um, and I don't think he's going to have the power to be able to hurt me. So when he hits me with his best shot and I'm still standing there um, and coming forward at him and trying to hurt him, he's, he's, going, to, he's going to shit himself even more. <laughs> what, what element of boxing was the... Uh, hardest to master, or never even master, but just like when you started doing it, the one where you were like, holy shit, like the thing that you sort of had to work the hardest at. Trying to stay relaxed. Yeah. And it, it seems so easy and so simple. And my trainer still tells me today in between sessions, while we're doing sessions, relax, relax. You don't, it's, you can't have tension. You can't be gritting your teeth yeah, trying yeah. to, because you, you're zapping energy doing that. You just got to stay relaxed as much as you possibly can. Float around the ring, move your head. And just constantly stay relaxed. The only time you need any tension, and my trainer tells me every session, the only time you need any tension is right on the end of that punch. As you don't even clench your fist. You don't even have your fist clenched until right at that moment just before impact. That's when you clench your fist. That's when there's tension right at the end. And to master that, I don't know if anyone's ever mastered it, to be honest. Yeah. I, I, I certainly am not great at it because when I, when I see someone on punch, you're like, I want to get you. Like, you got that, just that attitude from rugby league is just still in me. And... Um, that's the hardest thing to master. Definitely, without a doubt, that's the hardest thing, and I haven't mastered it. Do you think you'd knock Nate Miles out now? <laughs> like, if you were throwing that punch, like, if you were throwing, you know, in that game, do you reckon uh, you would have knocked he, him out, or his head's right? just too big? He's got a special head. A bit like me, I've got a special head too, and yeah, no, I wouldn't have knocked him out. Now. You got him very clean. Have you yeah. got any, um, when you're getting ready for a fight, is there anything that you sort of do habitually? You I know? treat it exactly like rugby league. Yeah. I treat it the same, like, when I prepared for rugby league, I did everything I could to make sure I was well prepared mentally and physically as I could go into the game. And I would just treat that well. I prepared well, I'm going to play well. And boxing's the same. I just treat it exactly the same way. Prepare for boxing physically and mentally as best I can. Um, you know, I get to the ground, I have a banana. I used to have a banana for the warm-up. I have a banana for the warm-up uh, boxing. And um, wear a pair of swimmers, I think. To No, I used to wear swimmers. I don't think I wear a press swimmers anymore. I don't even know what I do. Um, but, um, <laughs> what do you do to calm your nerves? Like, as you were saying, like, that's one of the hardest things to do. Like, what, is there anything that you, like, any tactics to no, try and just get no, yourself? No, I, I treat it, as I said, I treat it like rugby league. I just treat it. I go back to always go back to my preparation. That's all I did in rugby league. I always went back to my preparation. If I prepared well physically and mentally, I know I was ready to play. It doesn't guarantee you're going to play well. It doesn't mean you're going to go there and kill it and score a try or you know, make 100 runs or 100 tackles. It doesn't guarantee it, but it just gets you in the mind that you know you're ready. You know you've done everything you can mentally and physically to prepare. And I just treat it the same, boxing the same way. I just, I, I, I train hard, I'm physically prepared, and I just tell myself, I reinforce myself in my mind that, I'm, that I'm, I've trained harder than him. I know, I know I'm physically more prepared than him and I'm mentally more prepared than him. And 
if I take that into the fight, it doesn't guarantee a win, but it holds me in good stead to get the job done. Don't know if you read this, but Cambosis is he's going to stop rooting until the fight. He's sworn off. He's rooting. sworn off. At, he's not. He, he wants to. He wants to perform on the night. Have you ever thought well, about doing that? And I've got four kids. <laughs> I get it whenever I get it. Okay, whenever I can. <laughs> Any tonight? We on the? So you're not saying no on a lead up, mate. I'm no, not saying couldn't. no. I'm not saying no the night before. <laughs> well, there you go. That's that mystery, but yeah, yeah, it's not. <laughs> oh, they, look, he is at the. Uh, the top echelon, isn't he? So, yeah. I mean, uh, maybe, maybe you do have to sacrifice. I know I've sacrificed a lot over the last five weeks, but having sex with my wife won't be one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, um, look, just to wrap it up before we let you go, I last year embarked on a bit of like a, a health kick journey. I'd put on a couple of kgs. And I had a trainer and he got me down on the beach uh, in Clavelli, just throwing the mitts around, you know, trying to do some pad work. And then some asshole snapped me on camera um, and I was just hoping that maybe you could have a look at my work, give me a bit of feedback, let me know where I'm potentially performing well and yeah. where I could... You know, what well, the strengths and weaknesses strengths are. Strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, so we'll yeah. just chuck it across here. No, how are we getting this full screen? Who, who, snapped, who snapped you? Some dribbler who watches <laughs> the podcast, unfortunately. Just a fan. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What do you reckon? What do we reckon here? <laughs> Uh, you got you to twist your body into it more. That's one thing my trainer also tells me. You got to hit. You always tell me hit with your hips. Don't hit. Think about it. you. You obviously got to throw your hand, and, and your hands what makes contact. But you got to twist your hips into it. Yeah, have I got what it takes? Your hips aren't moving. And let me tell you another thing. Your hands. You're doing this every time. Every time you throw a punch, you're doing that and doing that and doing that. Someone's so going gonna to take your head off real quick. So not impressive. Look, I love you. Yeah. And you're a nice guy. Yeah. And I've had fun with you boys. But yeah. You're in trouble. Okay. Yeah, you're okay. in trouble. I'm in some trouble. You would have been about the same age when he started. <laughs> <laughs> what, are you, what are you now, 45? Nah, yeah. What are you talking about here? I'm in the early early stages of my 30s. Mate, Nowhere near. You don't look a day older than me, trust me. We, we can't let you go before we ask, like, if you, you know, if you were a betting man and you were looking to, you know, just... Pick a round, bit, pick a method. Yeah. Well, the method will be, I think about it, I think about it, knock him out, I do. I think about it, stop him. So, yeah. KO or TKO, what round? Yeah. I'll say, I'll say late, I'll say round eight. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think it's, it's going to be, I think he's going to be reasonably tough, but as I said, I'll, I'll find it in there somewhere, I'll be able to track him down and I'll say round eight. Yeah, awesome. it won't be tough enough. Good on you, Gail, mate. Good luck. Tough enough. Thanks, Thanks boys. Thanks for chatting Cheers, to us, right. mate. Cheers, no worries. Beauty. Thank you. Continuing our preview, our hype up, if you will, of this massive. Boxing card, no limit card for next Wednesday, May 11th. Joining us, the great Harry Garside. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for having me on, boys. Mate, thanks for being here. How are you feeling? You ready to go? Ready to go, yeah. There's only five weeks between my last fight and this one, so all the preparation was done, all the hard preparation was done for the last fight. It's all about just maintaining and uh, making sure I'm, I'm looking at the last fight and, and looking to grow and evolve and and making sure I show up uh, on fight day and bring my best as I always try my best to do. You mentioned the last fight. You, it, was a, it was a great fight. You looked really good. You, and he, the guy uh, who you fought, whose name escapes me, but like he made, had a good account of himself even though it seemed like he got pummeled quite convincingly. How do you feel after a fight like that physically? Like You didn't take really much damage at all and you sort of 
bashed him around? Like, how long does it take for your hands to recover and things like that? Is that a, a long period of time? Do you rest much after that? Yeah, I had a few days off, mate. He, he was an exceptional athlete. He showed mm. up to fight, and I hit him with my best, and he sort of walked straight through it. Yeah. So I remember I, I stood up for the whole fight, and I remember getting to round eight, and I'm thinking, geez, I wish I sat down. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, you just... I know, we were going, holy shit, he just stand, is that something you've always done, just stand in the corner and not... Yeah, stand? in the amateurs, you used to only fight three rounds, so it's quite easy to, yeah. to stand. But during ten rounds, standing the whole time, I was thinking, geez, I can't wait for this to be over. <laughs> Did it start to take a toll? <laughs> oh, a little bit. As If you were uh, taking heaps of damage, then I think it would probably take a toll. Yeah. But at the same time, I felt like I was making a few punches miss. And out of the whole fight, there was probably maybe... 10 to 15 shots that I felt like actually landed cleanly. So yeah. I was I was actually pretty good. But I think if I was ever to fight someone who, who hit me more than 15 times, I think it would probably take the toll. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Tom and I were remarking actually when we were watching the fight over text. I was like, he's not even sweating at the end of the <laughs> fight. Like, have you always had a big engine or is that something you just work your ass off to get? Oh, it's a bit of both. I've always been an endurance athlete. I, I ran my first marathon when I was, how old was I? I was probably 16 or 17. Jesus, show off. Yeah, yeah We're doing one this year, mate. Yeah, hey, nice, right. nice. Of, you. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh, but yeah, I've always been an endurance athlete. I've loved like long distance running. I love endurance sort of sports. So I think after after boxing, besides obviously doing the ballet, I'll also be probably doing triathlons and stuff like that. I'm used to swimming. Just quickly, we want to get to the ballet as well. The standing in the corner, is there an aspect of just like fucking with him, going like, you aren't doing a thing to me here, mate? Yeah, of course. There's a mental thing. But I'm also reading, I don't know if you've ever read Open by Andre Agassi. Great book. Great highly, book. Highly recommend. And he talks about sitting down during a, during a tennis match and how bad it is sometimes. I mean, you, when you sit down, your, your brain is actually told that it's time to recover, it's time to rest. So you know, by staying up and staying alert, you know, I've, I've got to go out to war next round. So mm. if I sit down, I feel like I'm telling my body it's time to rest, it's time to recover, when really you've still got work to be done. Interesting. It'd be very intimidating to watch a bloke. Who's I was not intimidated. I was intimidated watching it. I'm yeah. like, dude, he's a machine. Like, and he's just get he's belting this guy and then just standing there and yeah. staring at him. I was like, this is terrifying. I just throw the towel and go, huh? Yeah, yeah, I'm What's done. I'm done. This is a wrap for me here. But you move very well. Like, you you move terrifically. Coming from two gentlemen who don't move. We don't move, <laughs> but I like to know. I like to say that we I can appreciate spot good someone movement. that moves well. Yeah. Yeah. Thank, thank you, boys. I yeah. appreciate that. We've got that. a good, we've got an eye for movement. Yeah. Yeah. And what I on a Saturday night at the dance I can imagine. I can imagine. You'd be impressive. It'd be unfair. You know, I'd ask you to leave. <laughs> but you can tell, at least I think I can tell that you're classically trained, which you you are. How, how long have you been doing ballet for? And was it ballet, then boxing, or boxing, then ballet? Boxing, then ballet. So yeah. I only started in 2019, so it's been the last sort of three years, and of those three years, it's been COVID. So um, I haven't done heaps of it, but I absolutely love it. And I always wanted to try ballet. I was just a little bit scared to tell my brothers and my dad they're pretty old-fashioned and mm. they're the, the blokey blokes, yeah. um, but finally built up the courage and, and, and started in 2019 and fell in love with it. It's, it's a lot of fun. And I think any form of dance is, is really valuable for, for all athletes, not, not just you know, ballet. But I think if anyone wants to sort of get themselves uncomfortable and learn about their body and how it moves, and, and I think any form of dance is really good for, for growth as a human. So did you want to do ballet because you knew it would be helpful to boxing or was it just something 
that was an interest for you? So two things. Like I always was really interested. My favourite movies growing up was High School Musical, Bring It On, Centre Stage. I loved movies okay. like this growing up. I used to get bullied by my brothers a fair bit. Good movie, High School Musical. Oh, great movie. I know all the words off my heart, mate. We can sing later. <laughs> yeah, but my, it's funny, my brothers used to bully me, but then they'll be sitting down next to me watching it, so I'm thinking, hold on a minute, <laughs> yeah, you guys yeah, like yeah. this movie, don't you? Uh, but I was always really interested in like performance arts growing up, but where I grew up, it was like, I mean, not many people do that so I sort of kept it in and as I said finally built up the courage to do it and obviously the the transferring of the weight the strictness the discipline there's so many similarities to boxing that it just transfers really well so I've, uh, I've definitely noticed an improvement of my boxing since I started and is it something you're saying like post-career obviously there's you're nowhere near that but you is that something you pursue ballet like what's how would that look Oh, I'm Perform pretty useless, mate. I, I, but I 100 percent on my bucket list. You know, I don't know if it'll be anybody in like in the, the biggest theatres in the world, but I, mm. I've always said I'd love to do like a ballet performance where I grew up in, in Melbourne, Lourdes, I sort of ended the train line. Imagine all the boys half cut and then watching they'll be really <laughs> screaming, throwing beers at me. So yeah. uh, it'd be a lot of fun. And it's on my bucket list, mate. I really want to do a performance one day, but I need to get better. I'm still pretty useless. <laughs> do you go to ballet? Do you go watch it? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah love I went it, yeah. to one, uh, American in Paris. It's like a theatre slash ballet, and it was fantastic. Went there the other day. It was really good. Really? I watch the uh, Sugar Plum Fairy with my daughter every once in a while on YouTube. She's obsessed with it. So, you know, we can, we can talk ballet a little bit. <laughs> um, look, you kind of just burst into our lives last year with the Olympics. And, you know, whenever the Olympics is on... Uh, you know, the nation just gets around whoever they've got their athletes. Obviously, you did well as well. You got a bronze medal. How was that experience for you at the Olympics, like, and the explosion of awareness that you had within the, the nation? Yeah, it was amazing, mate. Like, no one can really prepare you for, for moments like that. Like, before the Olympics, all the people that knew me were my parents. So it's, uh, it's pretty crazy to, to be walking now and, and sometimes, like, a young person comes up to you I still feel like that young kid who used to get Andrew Gaze to sign my sneakers. And, um, you mean, obviously watching Grant Hacker, that's a massive inspiration of mine in 2004. Uh, Australia beating Uruguay 2005 to qualify mm -hmm. for the World Cup. What a moment. Oh. And I always say, you'll yeah. be. Yeah. Uh, moments like that, mate, were just, were just amazing. And to, to finally get the opportunity after failing five times to, to make an Olympic team, I was just grateful to be there, mate, and to, to look down. I'm so patriotic, and to look down in my heart and see the Australian emblem with the Olympic rings. Like, I'm just a sporting fan, so yeah. that, and I'm just very grateful to be there. Do you get around the house with the medal on? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I actually do you slip it on every time I you hop it? I gave the medal away. Did you? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So I gave it to the MCG. Um, yeah, it's just like it's it's material. I don't really care too much about the medal. It's sure. more it's more the person that I become. I mean, on the pursuit of, of actually achieving that something like that. So, you know, that's that's more of a focus for me. Like, of course, I've got massive ambitions, but also just want to make sure I'm becoming a good human. And the way I become a good human is by, you mean, expecting a lot from myself and, and trying to reflect a lot. And um, it's not so much about you mean, accolades or, or medals or or stuff like that. It doesn't mean too much. You seem to be like quite a. I mean, I don't know if deep think is the right word, but just like quite considered and a thoughtful person. And that probably isn't something that many people would connect with a fighter, right? Like it just, rightly or wrongly, it just sort of isn't probably the natural inclination that someone is going to think of. Where's that come from? Have you, what are your parents like? Is that sort of an inspiration you got from them? Yeah, Have absolutely. You've always been that way? Yeah, I've, I've always been really curious. I'm really curious about the world. And I was really fortunate to like travel. I travelled a couple of times overseas before 18. And then through boxing, I travelled heaps through the amateurs and stuff like that. Lived in the Philippines for three months. 
And I think traveling and, and, and experiencing things, and, and my mum, she's a medium, so she's very spiritual. She talks to oh, dead people. Really? And my dad's a roof tiler, so <laughs> she's okay. a good, hardworking Aussie bloke. Yeah. So having that mix of, of being my dad, being a hardworking Aussie bloke and a bit of realistic, and then my mum, who's spiritual and flowy, and it was a, it was a great, great mix. They sort of really complement each other really well. And as I said, traveling the world, living in the Philippines for three months, with, with, there was no bed, you were sleeping on the ground, and, and it sort of just gives you a different perspective mm. for life, I think. How's it go? Can I just like how's the medium life? That just seems like a very interesting gig. What's what's your take on it? Yeah, it's interesting, mate. I don't like I don't know if I fully believe it to yeah. be honest. I don't know if anyone's ever. Don't tell that. your mum though. Yeah, I know. Yeah, how I does don't, that go over dinner? I know. <laughs> we always used to take the piss out of it. Smoking a few Hong Kongs, mum. Um, but yeah, she. I just know my mum's not a liar. So yeah. it's like it's actually hard to question it when I know my mum's on the line. Yeah. She truly believes it. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have watched Afterlife, Ricky Gervais, the ad. Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah so it's good. great. And I think he gives a good perspective of like, you know, it's like if people believe it, fantastic. Yeah. But, um, I don't know if I fully, I don't know if I'm sold on it yet, but she fully believes it and it's great for her. She has a passion. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of people in my life to believe it. Yeah, same. I'm, I'm not, I haven't made up my mind yet, but there's I, certainly... I other. sort of am you in your camp though, right? Like I've got no reason to have an... An issue with anyone believing it, right? Just no. let them rip. When do you? Oh, so you go. Sorry, mate. You've had two fights now. This will be the third. What, have you got like a bit of a roadmap that you've sort of played out in your head of how you know you can get from where you're at to, I assume, wanting to be a world champion? Yeah, I think I've said to my team, I really want to focus on over the next two years becoming world rated, yep. and then hopefully fighting for world titles. I'm 24, so there's no real immediate rush, but at the same time, I want to be doing it soon because. George Cambosis has set the bar of what's possible for an Australian fighter. Mm. Us younger athletes, we have to try and raise that bar. Mm. So, you know, I want to become a unified champion, then either move up or move down a weight division and try and unify two weight divisions. So that's that's the goal for sure. Any, like, because you and George are the same weight division, correct? correct? Is there any, would you fight George? Do you know him well? Is there any... I've never actually spoke to George. But okay. Man, I'm the type of athlete, I'd love to fight anyone. Yeah. To be honest. And I think... The only way you learn, the only way you improve is to fight the best, and he's truly the best at the mm. moment. So I'm a type of athlete, win, lose, or draw, you're in, I'll take a lot from a performance like that, fighting someone like that, what an opportunity that is. Yeah. Uh, you mean, and you say if I was to lose, you train harder, be better, and fight him next time and try and beat him next time. And we asked Gal this before and he had his own opinions, but Cambosis has sworn off sex until the fight. Have, have you ever heard of that before? What do you make of it? It's something you'd look to do? Yeah, I did, uh, was it 85 days before the Olympics? 85 days not ejaculating. Um, oh, none. None, none, yeah. Wow. yeah so like that, You're a monk? Uh, it, was, <laughs> mate, it was hard. And it was such what a is that? Three months? Three months, yeah, almost. Just, just under three months. It That's was, more impressive than anything you've done in It was such a letdown when I actually did get the chance to do it. It was such a letdown. It was a bit of an anti-climate. Oh, Jesus. All for nothing. All for nothing. But, like, why'd you do that? Was it, is it about building up testosterone? Is it about being disciplined? There's a, there's a few things about scientifically proven that it might benefit you. But for me, it's all mindset. Yeah. I was doing things like before the Olympics. I read a chapter of a book every day and meditated every day. I'm um, saying things in a mirror every day. I had these alarms set and it was so stupid. I had these alarms set and they would go off like 10 times a day and I'd stop, close my eyes and I'd pitch myself on the podium. You know, just things like that. Yeah. You know, it, it, Hectic. I don't know if it helps, but it's like, if it does, fantastic. You I mean, I'll do anything that might help. But it happened though, right? Yeah. So... It's, it's funny because I, when I was doing that and I did that for three months in advance, right? When I was doing that, I could see myself on the podium, but I couldn't see myself in the middle. I, really, right. I was really, and I would always open my eyes, and then I'd reset. I'd go, "Come on, be in the middle, be in the middle." But I could never see it. it really, doing my head in, really doing my head. In. What is the 
like, where do you get your inspiration for that sort of behaviour? Are there people that you, like, read from who have done things in the past like that? That seems, like, incredibly disciplined, but also, like, there's inspiration from somewhere. Yeah, there's, there's many people. I'm very, really grateful. The Gold Medal Ready program uh, was a program the Australian Institute of Sport run with the Commander Regiment, so the Australian Army. And through that process, they, they, they taught us to sort of be mentally strong and, and you know, you, you, you working alongside people who have been in actual com combat, hand-to-hand -hand mm. combat in war. So their mindset's a little bit different. It's life or death. Yeah. But we have the same response. So I learned a lot from that. Of course, people like David Goggins, we all love David yeah, Goggins. Yeah, we love you know, Great yeah, minds. Yeah, yeah. It makes you feel like a, like a weak dog. It makes you feel terrible. Yeah. Yeah. But he, <laughs> but he but punched you up. You're not getting me off the couch today, David. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He just turned you off. Yeah, <laughs> just locked the phone and back to sleep. <laughs> just going to mute him there. Um, yeah, there's many people out there. And I think the best thing about I know people trash the phones, especially the older generation, they trash the phones. The best thing about the phone is we have everything at our fingertips. Mm. So if you want to put your social media with, with inspirational, motivational people, you can do that. I mean, it's your choice. You want to follow people who are negative. And I just have a big focus on following people who fill my, fill, fill my glass up. And uh, I've got a lot of people that, that I follow that do that. So I'm pretty grateful. What was the Olympics like in a lockdown COVID world? And also, what were the beds like? Because we heard <laughs> they were just like cardboard, sex-proof, essentially. Oh, we don't want to make this all about rooting. But <laughs> what was that experience like? And also the beds. Yeah, the, the beds were interesting, mate. I'm pretty fortunate. I actually like sleeping on concrete. So, like, and it felt like concrete. There were cardboard beds with the, the mattresses that were about that big and they were pretty, like, pretty pretty terrible. But yeah. I loved it. I mean, a lot of the other athletes hated Why it. Why do you so. like sleeping on concrete? I don't know. I've just, like, straightened me back. That's, that's my excuse. Straightens me back. But right. I really, uh, I really, I didn't mind the beds. And the Olympic experience, I think, because we couldn't go to other sports like a normal Olympics, because we couldn't really socialise with other teams properly, it really made the Australian headquarters really special. In walking around, people like Paddy Mills, Kate Campbell, Jess Fox, these are people who I like idolise, Ariane Timmers, these are yeah. people who I look up to and just sort of walking around, like bumping shoulders with them and having a, having a chat with them, like how good. I had a few beers with Paddy Mills at the end. And, oh, really? Mate, very grateful. That's mad. Yeah, I'll take that to the grave. Yeah. Was, was there a lot of chance going out, like Advanced Australia Fair and Aussie, Aussie, Aussie and stuff? Like, at the end, for sure. When yeah, the Boomers yeah. got that bronze medal, when yes. they come back, that was a big night. That was a, it was a lot of fun. And um, yeah, we had. Gee, I can't remember much of it. We had a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Special night. For yeah. Uh, so, look, just because obviously people know you, maybe Leighton, uh, forgive me, Leighton, McFerrin, less, uh, less known opponent maybe just in the sort of, again, the general uh, you know, people at large. A little bit about him and maybe what his strengths are, things that you're sort of planning for and that you've got to be wary of when you fight him next week. To be honest, mate, I've been trying to find some footage of him, but I can't find any. So, oh, really? Yeah, I just know that he's uh, he's had six fights, one loss, and he's from Tasmania. And everyone from Tasmania is usually tough as nails. Yeah. So I'm sure he's going to be there to fight. And it's it's a massive opportunity for him. If he if he beats someone like me, it sort of propels his career mm. forward. So you know, I've got a lot on the line for this one as yeah. well. So I'm just going to show up and, and make sure I fight properly and fight good and, and never overlook an opponent. As I said, he's from Tasmania. He's tough. He's strong. Look at the mullet. Jeez, have you seen the mullet in a photo of him? It looks bloody Oh, he's got a oh is he well. rare as oh, well? Hey, have a look at it. Check there. It's, look, oh. that's, <laughs> that's a Tasmanian mullet. We should, is, I should make a deal like with him before. Shopper. I should make the deal with him. Whoever loses has to shave the mullet. Yeah, off. it's like WWF sort yeah, of shit. Yeah, you should. The mullet <laughs> shave. And, and just, like, so with, with a fight like that, or just in fights generally, when you're, uh, like, nerves, how do you handle nerves coming into something? As you, as you say, you got a lot on the line. As you always do, but like, how do you handle nerves? Yeah, I kind of really embrace it and I really enjoy it. So I've been boxing since I was nine, 16 years in the sport. I had over 105 fights. 
Um, Jesus. I, yeah, I had a lot in the amateurs, and, and obviously this would be my third as a pro. So, um, I'm, yeah, I, I love the nerves. It makes you honestly feel the most alive. You mean I, I chase experience, I chase emotion, and, I, and it, as I said before a fight, it makes me feel so alive. Like everything is heightened. You mean I can I can see my opponents, I can see the sweat dripping, I can see his muscles twitching, I can see his lungs moving, like you're so present and you're so aware in that moment and as I said, it's, it's, it's an amazing feeling. Crazy. Um, Beautiful stuff. Finally, yeah. if you were sitting opposite a couple of gentlemen who also gamble on sports sometimes, <laughs> if you were to just predict a round and a method that the fight may end, where, what's your, what are you seeing when you close your eyes and those alarms go off? I'm hoping for round seven stoppage, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Round seven, that's Love pretty it. easy. Gals round eight. Yeah, gals round eight. Make it happen. Mate, good luck. Hey, thanks, Man, boys. Thanks a lot for, coming, for having a chat with us. And, uh, yeah, look forward to seeing the fight. Let's go. <laughs> well, there you have it, aren't you? A fucking bunch of lucky P's and D's. Gal, Garside, greatness. But remember, May 11th, main event via KO. Don't have to be a subscriber. Don't have to be a subscriber. But you've got to get the main event. Unless you're going to be at the fucking fight with Edward and myself. Buy the pay-per-view. It's your only excuse. Buy a KO. You know what else? You know who else is on there? Nikita Zoo. Woohoo! Kostya's boy. Yeah. Kostya's other boy. You know what his nickname is? The Butcher. Oh my god. That's pretty badass, bro. That's badass. The Butcher? That's fucking You know what butchers do? They They cut up meat. They butcher things. They butcher things. Butcher's butcher. Yeah. Simple as that. Garside Gallon, cheers. Thanks for your time. Love you, cunts. Buy the pay-per-view. He called you cunts. He called you cunts. Just so you know, he called you cunts. In love. Main event, KO. Main event, KO. Main event, KO. Wednesday, May 11th. Could you two just not talk anymore?